What's going on, guys? You're listening to Moonlight Madness on Weagle 91.1 from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday. I'm Jacob Goins, and over the next hour, I'll be discussing the hottest topics in sports around the country and around Auburn athletics. Follow me on Twitter at Goins2Jacob, that's G-O-I-N-S, the number two, Jacob, for all show updates and other sporting news. Let's get into the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome into Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your man, Jacob Goins. Happy Thursday evening. Tomorrow is Friday. So excited. I'm heading to Knoxville this weekend for Auburn basketball versus Tennessee. Looking forward to it, man. I really am. The game's going to be great. Atmosphere should be good as well. So I'm excited. I'm excited to head up there and see what Auburn can do. It's my first time going to Knoxville, so I'm excited to do that. I'm going with my dad, some of our friends, so it's going to be an exciting time. But happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Thursday evening, February 24th. I appreciate you all tuning in to the show this evening. Again, this is Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. It's every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on Weagle 91.1 FM or on the website at weglfm.com or Wherever you get your podcast, just search Moonlight Madness. Of course, if you are a regular here, you know that I have another show now over on ESPN 106.7. It is Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Central Time. It's called On the Line. It is me and Noah Gardner, my co-host. We have been doing the show now. The show has been around for a while, but I've been the new co-host of the show for about a month or so now and it's a lot of fun we have a good time we have a lot of good conversations it's Auburn centered but we talk about pretty much everything and it's a lot of fun I've really enjoyed doing it so far so make sure you tune in to that every single day Monday through Friday 2 to 4 p.m central time over on ESPN 106.7 here in Auburn it goes up as a podcast every day as well search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Just want to shout that out. That's my new gig I've got going on over there. But of course, every Thursday for this semester, I'm right here doing Moonlight Madness with you on WGL 91.1 FM. Well, with that, we'll get started and we'll jump right into the big three. Number one tonight, Auburn basketball, 25-3 and on the year as they beat Ole Miss on Wednesday night. Came out, one by 13 points. They were favored by 15 and a half, so didn't quite cover the spread. But they had a good game, and they played They played pretty well. So you can't complain too much about that. They looked a lot better than they have in the last few games. This Auburn basketball team, you could call it a slump if you wanted to. The month of, or excuse me, the month of February has been up and down for this Auburn basketball team. The game on Wednesday night, they were coming off of a loss. Yet again, another road loss, and now Auburn comes into Wednesday. They take care of Ole Miss, the second-worst team by record in the SEC, and they looked a lot better offensively. That was a lot of the issues that I was seeing with this Auburn basketball team was that the offensive issues had started to pile up. The turnovers had gotten bad. The half-court offense was not good at all, and those things added up to this team just not playing very good on the road. And it finally caught up to them. They lost at Florida on Saturday. They lost another game on the road earlier on in conference play and at Arkansas. And we've seen 
we've seen those types of performances out of this Auburn basketball team, and we've seen those not as much at home just because this Auburn team tends to play fairly well at home because of the jungle and because of the student atmosphere and just playing in your home arena. But I think Auburn has hopefully gotten out of this little rut that they've been in for the month of February, and I've talked about this numerous times on this show and over on on the line, how the month of February for Auburn basketball and Bruce Pearl has never been very good when it comes to quality of play on the basketball court. In the years that Bruce Pearl has been here, at least the last five that Bruce Pearl has been the head coach at Auburn, the month of February has been very shaky up and down for this Auburn basketball team, or for any Auburn basketball team. It seems like once they hit the month of February, the team sort of gets tired, they get wore out, they get drained, and they not and they start to not play their best basketball. They start taking losses on the road, they start playing sloppy, turning the ball over, that type of thing. And yet again, we've seen it again this month of February where Auburn has dropped a couple of games. They had a, an 18, 19, 20-game win streak, whatever it got up to be, and then they lost it, and they've lost twice now, which is not a lot, I will, I will admit. That's not a lot of games to lose, especially since they only have three losses on the season, which is best than almost anybody in college basketball. But this is a trend we have seen from Bruce Pearl's basketball teams in February since he's been at Auburn. And I'm not sure why that is. Whether it's, again, if it's fatigue, if it's exhaustion, if it's just being overworked, if it's just being burnt out or something, I'm not sure what it is. But it's something that is consistent with Bruce Pearl. But then, by the time March rolls around, the team picks right back up where they were before February, and they start rocking and rolling again and playing their best basketball, which is the right time to do it. You want to be playing your best basketball by March. And, folks, March is next week. March is next Tuesday. will be March 1st. And so I think right now for this Auburn basketball team, they looked good against Ole Miss. They didn't look great, but they looked better than what they have. They still didn't shoot the ball great or even very good, but everything looked to be smoother and looked to be more fluent and easier for this basketball team, whereas over the last couple of weeks, it's been a dogfight and a struggle just to pull out wins, and even in the losses, it's been a struggle to score the basketball, take care of the ball, play defense, all of these things, but I hope that this game last Wednesday night got this team out of the rut The tires are no longer spinning. They've got a little traction now, and this team can get back to playing high-level basketball because let's be honest, when this team is playing good and they're playing to their full potential, which I have not yet to see, and it has has not happened yet, this team has not played their their best game yet, when that day comes, there's not a team in America in college basketball that can beat Auburn. And that's just a fact, folks. Auburn has more talent than any other team in the country. They've got the best coach out of any team in the country. And when that all comes together and Auburn plays their best game, they play a complete 
40 minutes of basketball, there's not a team in America that can beat them. And that's just a fact. I truly believe that. But we have not seen Auburn do that yet. But I have a feeling that it's coming. And I have a feeling it's coming because March is also coming. And when March hits, I feel that this team and Bruce Pearl is going to have his team ready to go and playing their best they're playing their best when March hits because no matter who the team is, that's when you want to hit your stride. You use all the months leading up to March to fix the kinks, to figure out who your best players are, to figure out your roster and your scheme and how you're going to attack people. And then by the time March hits, it's on. It's on right there. You've got to be ready to go playing your absolute best as a team, as an individual player. The coach has got to be coaching their best games because once March hits, that's too late to start making adjustments. That's too late to start making major changes to your team and to your program because once March hits, everybody else is already playing to their high standard. And if you aren't up to that or above that, you're going to lose and lose fairly early. When it comes to the end of your conference schedule, when it comes to your conference championship or conference tournament and then conference championship, and then if you're lucky enough to get into the NCAA tournament and to compete in March Madness. Because if you're not playing up to your level and up to your your ability and capability, then you're going to lose. Because in March, anybody can lose on any day of the week. And so with Auburn right now, I feel that they are going to start picking it back up and playing better ball. Of course, they're 25-3 and on the year. With three games to go in the regular season, of course, they play at Tennessee this Saturday, huge game in the SEC. Then on Wednesday night, they travel to Starkville to play at Mississippi State. And then they come home on that Saturday, March 5th, I believe, to wrap up the season, the regular season, that is, with South Carolina, which will then be the ceremony for what was then Auburn Arena, which is now Neville Arena. That is the day that they will announce and officially make the building Neville Arena. Of course, the Neville family donating a large sum of money to the Auburn basketball program to get their name on the side of the building, but to do a lot more than that. And folks, this couple has been going to Auburn events and supporting Auburn for a long, long time. So we got to show them our support as Auburn students, Auburn fans, because they're truly helping Auburn to be a better place and to help the basketball program continue to get even better than what it is now. So, again, the last game of the season will be at home against South Carolina. It's a Saturday, March 5th. It will officially be called Neville Arena. And if you're around campus, you've already noticed – that they've changed the name on the building already. It is now Neville Arena on the side of the building. So that was kind of cool to see. It was kind of like, wow, you know, it's not Auburn Arena anymore. But it is cool to see a name change. And I think in the future it'll end up being Bruce Pearl Court at Neville Arena. I think that's going to be something that happens down the road but will be well-deserved from Coach Pearl. But anyway, Auburn has a 5-2 record this February. And it's crazy to call that a rut and a slump or whatever you want to call it because there's a lot of teams that have struggled even worse this month and teams that were in the top 25 that are no longer in the top 25. 
teams that were in the top 10 that are no longer in the top 10. The month of February, is a, it's, a, it's a hard schedule because it is full-on conference play, and it's the heart of conference play when the good teams start to separate themselves from the bad teams in each individual conference. And we have especially seen that in the SEC, which has been one of the deepest conferences in all of college basketball this season, whereas you know, you see some of these other conferences like the ACC, they've got Duke and then everybody else. And we've seen the Big Ten start to get a little deeper. We've seen the Big 12 be one of the best conferences in college ball. The Pac-12, not so much. And then you've got Gonzaga who plays in a different conference and doesn't play anybody but some high school teams. And But the SEC has become one of the toughest, if not the toughest conference in college basketball. So Auburn only having two conference losses, I mean, it, that's just nitpicking to be upset about it If at that point because the two losses Auburn has were on the road in tough environments. One was in overtime, and then one was a one-point loss at Florida, the overtime loss, of course, being at Arkansas. So for Auburn, it's taking everything from every opponent just to even have the chance to beat them, and the two teams that did, it took every bit and then some to beat Auburn. And so I think this team is going to be fine. I think there's a reason that they are still one of the top three or four betting favorites to win the national title. They're still a one seed as of right now. In the next segment, when we come back from break, we're going to break down bracketology and what it's saying right now from Joe Lenardi of ESPN. We're going to break that down and see who's in, who's out, the seed lines of what has changed in just a couple of days and what is to change in the next week or so as conference play wraps up. But Auburn... A big bounce-back win on Wednesday night against Ole Miss at home. They traveled to Knoxville on Saturday to take on the Tennessee Volunteers, a game with huge SEC implications. We'll break it down here in a little bit on the show. But that's going to do it for segment number one. Like I said, when we come back, we're going to break down Joe Lenardi's bracketology from ESPN. You're listening to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your man, Jacob Goins. Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter at Goins2Jacob. That's G-O-I-N-S, the number two, J-A-C-O-B, for all sporting news when it comes to this show, Moonlight Madness, our show with myself and Noah Gardner over on ESPN 106.7 on the line, and any other sporting news that is going on around the world, make sure you give me a follow. I'm going to be posting a lot more content coming up here in the next couple of months, so make sure you give me a follow. I really do appreciate that. I appreciate you all tuning in here tonight, or if you're listening on the podcast, shout out to you guys. I appreciate you as well. If you want to listen to the podcast, miss any of the show, just search Moonlight Madness wherever you get your podcast. We are rolling on with the big three here into number two. The current bracketology for college basketball is updated every couple of days. It's Joe Lenardi of ESPN. He updates it as the games happen over a couple of days. And he can't do it every day, but he does it a couple of times a week, especially right now with only three or four regular season games left for all these teams. He'll update it as conference play happens, as people move on in their tournaments and get eliminated. It's really cool to see, and he has a whole like math formula behind it that he that he uses to fill out his bracketology 
to give us an idea of who's going to make the tournament, who's not going to make the tournament, where people or where teams, excuse me, are going to be seated in the tournament. It's really, really cool. He has a book that Joe Lenardi wrote about bracketology, about how he goes about it. I highly recommend it. It's phenomenal. So I do recommend that you read that. But the newest bracketology is from Tuesday morning. So I would assume he would update this tonight slash tomorrow morning and would get it out and updated by tomorrow before the weekend games. That would be my guess. So this bracketology is from February 22nd. That's Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. So there's been a lot that's gone down in the last few days that has not been reflected on in this bracketology, but I'm going to do my best to at least relate what I think some of the changes might be based off of some of the games that have already happened. But as it stands right now, in the current Joe Lenardi bracketology on ESPN, if Selection Sunday were to have happened on Tuesday, okay, the one seeds would be Gonzaga, Arizona, Auburn, and Kansas. Those are your one seeds as it stands on Tuesday. I don't think any of these would have changed as of right now. All these teams have still been playing and have not lost since then. Auburn, of course, won last night. Gonzaga and Arizona both play on the road tonight, so they're putting their one seeds on the line possibly, especially Arizona. They play on the road tonight, and if they lose, they may lose their one seed just because of the Pac-12 not being as good as it can be and not being one of the top conferences in college basketball. Gonzaga One, I don't see them losing tonight at San Francisco. But two, even if they did, I don't think it would be enough to lose their one seed. And then Kansas is yet to lose. They will play this weekend. So as of right now, I don't see the one seeds changing as tomorrow or even next week. But that depends on if Auburn loses again. If Auburn loses another game, they may end up losing their one seed. And Kentucky may come knocking on the door. Because Kentucky's right there behind Auburn for one of the two seeds. And as the two seeds stand right now, it is Texas Tech, Baylor, Purdue, and Kentucky. Those are your four two seeds as it sits right now in bracketology. Again, I think another one will probably be released tomorrow morning, which will reflect this week's games going into the weekend. And that'll be a much more accurate representation of the tournament as it stands. But with that being said, those are your current one seeds and your two seeds, the one seeds being Gonzaga, Arizona, Auburn, and Kansas, and your two seeds being Texas Tech, Baylor, Purdue, and Kentucky. And so I asked this question, who inside the top four seeds in the bracket, so one through four seeds, the top 16 teams overall, which of these teams have a legitimate shot to win the national title? That's the question that I'm posing for this segment. And there's multiple teams that you could say have a legitimate shot to win. And especially being in the top 16 teams overall in the tournament, most of them are going to have a legitimate shot. But I'm going to pick four or five teams that I truly feel have a legitimate chance to win, to make a run and and win a national title. First, you've got to take Gonzaga because – of course, they have an unbelievable amount of talent. Now, whether you you know, can debate on who they play and the strength of schedule and the conference, I'm with you. I am. I'm with you. I don't like Gonzaga 
because of that reason. I don't have anything against them besides the fact that they don't play anybody. And it has always shown up in the tournament somewhere, whether it's in the first or second round or if it's it's in the national title game. It always shows up. And until they win a national championship, I'm going to say the exact same thing every single year. And this year may be the year that they shut me up and prove me wrong. And if they do, credit to them. But as of right now, they do have a legit shot to win the national title. I think the Auburn Tigers have a legitimate chance to go and win the national title. Arizona, though, I don't see it. I see Arizona getting beat in a Sweet 16 against a decent team somewhere. I don't see Arizona making it super far in the tournament. I think they play in the Pac-12. I think that their record is not as good as the team is, and I think they're going to get tripped up somewhere in the tournament because I don't truly believe that they are a fantastic basketball team, and that's what you got to be to win in March. And I like Kansas, the fourth one seed. I like Kansas as another legitimate threat to win the national title. They've got a lot of talent. They're playing in the one of the toughest conferences in college basketball, the Big 12. I like them as long as they continue to get better. That's what they're doing right now, getting better every game. I like Kansas to be a legitimate contender as well. From the two seeds, you've got to say Kentucky. Baylor not so much just because they've got some injury issues, some big-time injury issues that really hurt them. Before the injuries, I would say yes, but as of right now, I'm probably going to drop them out. Purdue the same way. I like Purdue. I think they play good basketball, but I don't think they're built for a long run in March. Texas Tech, I I like the Red Raiders. I think they have a good shot. They play good offense. They slow things down on defense. They play a, a weird brand of basketball that works for them. They could trip up some teams inside the tournament. And then a three or four seed that I think could make a run in the tournament. You've got Duke as a three seed. Tennessee as a four seed. Illinois as a three seed. You've got Houston as a four seed. And Villanova as a three seed. Give me Villanova. Give me the Wildcats out of the Big East. I think they're playing good basketball right now. I think they play in the Big East, one of the toughest conferences in college basketball. I mean, there's four or five conferences you could say are the best right now, but the Big East is definitely up there. And I think Villanova is going to come out of the Big East and really shock some people. They play that weird and gritty brand of basketball as well, and they could have a legitimate shot to make a little run because right now in their bracket – they would be they'd be matched up against Wagner in the first round and then they would probably play Michigan State then maybe against Kentucky they could get a little upset against Kentucky so as a 1 through 4 I like Villanova as a 4 seed to possibly make a run but let's break down Auburn before we move into big to number 3 of the big 3 real quick here on bracketology Auburn currently sits as a 1 seed again this is from Tuesday night or excuse me Tuesday morning So this is not updated through Auburn's win last night. This is not updated through any of the games Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. I assume they will have another one come out Friday morning. But Auburn, currently a one seed in the East, playing at Philadelphia. They'd have a 16 seed in the first round. They would come out and play either Iowa State or Wake Forest in the round of 32. Their Sweet 16 matchup could be Ohio State, Iona, Providence, or Vermont. Their Elite Eight could be anywhere from Arkansas to Michigan, Duke, Marquette, or Purdue. I think any of those teams could be it. And then and then Auburn, if they keep going, would either play 
Purdue or Duke or something like that. They, I mean, there's some teams in there that Auburn would have to go up against. So Auburn's the one seed, Purdue's the two seed, Duke the three seed, Providence the four seed, Ohio State at the five, Arkansas at the six, Marquette at the seven. I mean, that's and Iowa State at the eight. That's a tough bracket, folks. That's a very tough bracket that Auburn would have to compete against to get all the way to the Final Four and compete for a national title. But that's a breakdown of the current bracketology. A new one should come out tomorrow, so make sure you take a look at that. It'll be updated through this week's games. And then keep up with the games this weekend because they all have major impacts on bracketology for Selection Sunday. That wraps up number two. Let's jump into the number three one real quick before we have to head to break. Number three of the big three tonight here on Moonlight Madness. Will Aaron Rodgers be a Green Bay Packer next season? This has been a huge debate going on in the NFL world because it's Aaron Rodgers. He is, without a doubt, one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Yes, he's only won a single Super Bowl, and it seems like he cannot win the big games in the playoffs. And believe me, I know. I am a longtime Packers fan, and I have seen it. I have seen the the play of Aaron Rodgers in in the postseason. And it's tough, and it it hurts to watch him and this team be so good year in and year out in the regular season only to get to the postseason, and it seems like it crashes and burns. But at the end of the day, I want him as my quarterback because Aaron Rodgers is still one of the best quarterbacks in football. But does he want to be in Green Bay, and does Green Bay want to bring him back? So I pose that question. Will Aaron Rodgers be a Green Bay Packer next season? The Packers have already said that they are more than likely going to let Devontae Adams test free agency, trying to work out a long-term deal with him, which means basically they cannot. the two sides can't come to an agreement on money for Devontae Adams, so they may let him go out and see if somebody else can pay him more money, give him a better deal, whatever. I think that may have a big impact on this decision for Aaron Rodgers because there's no doubt that Devontae Adams is his go-to guy, and... If he is not on the team, it may be hard for Aaron Rodgers to want to come back. But my overall prediction is I think Aaron Rodgers, and they have said the decision is coming within the next few days. I think Aaron Rodgers will be a Green Bay Packer next season for the 2022-2023 season. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back to the Green Bay Packers and try to give this thing one more go. And that's what it's going to be. It's going to be one more shot because he's not going to be here forever. And he may end up being calling it quits and retiring. Who knows? But the timing and the time of him in Green Bay is coming to a close. But I think he's going to come back and give it one more shot. I hope. I do hope. But that is my that is my non-fandom take as well if I'm just looking at it from the outside. I think Aaron Rodgers comes back for one more season to play in Wisconsin to play in Green Bay, and to try to win a Super Bowl again with the Green Bay Packers. Well, that's going to do it for number three and the big three here tonight on Moonlight Madness right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. When we come back, we're going to take a look around Auburn Athletics. You're listening to Moonlight Madness on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your man, Jacob Goins. I appreciate you all tuning in here this evening. 
right here on Weagle 91.1 FM or on the website at WGLFM.com. Or to anybody listening to the podcast, shout out to you as well. Just search Moonlight Madness wherever you get your podcast. We are halfway through the show tonight. So again, if you missed the first half or want to go back and listen to it because you liked what I said, go search it wherever you get your podcast. Just search Moonlight Madness. Well, like I said, we're halfway through the show, folks, but we're going to roll on into taking a look around Auburn athletics. There's a lot of sports going on right now here at Auburn and on the campus of Auburn University. There's a lot going on when it comes to sports. The winter sports are still kind of wrapping up a little bit. Spring sports are off to a hot start. It's a busy time if you're an Auburn Tigers fan, but it's a fun time nonetheless. But of course, even the sport that's not in season still has a lot of buzz and a lot of news floating around it. The Auburn football program has been through a lot in the last couple of weeks, let me tell you. Of course, I did not have an episode last week due to some confliction with time, but here we are again this week, and I did not get to make any comments about how this situation ended. But the Brian Harson saga is over trying to get him out of Auburn. It is it is over. The university did their investigations they did their look into the program and Harson and some other things they couldn't find anything on him so he's staying so Brian Harson is still the head coach of Auburn football and whether you agree or disagree that he should still be here if you like him or don't like him that is totally your call but here's the bottom line I think it's a fantastic thing that he at least gets a chance to do something here because we all know about all of the the rumors and the allegations that were brought up, and we're not going to discuss them here tonight on the show, but everybody knows that that stuff went on, and then nothing was ever found about it. Nothing, nothing true came about it. No facts came from it. And so this man and some other people were really dragged through the mud for no reason. And at this point, he survived, which I, I'm going to be honest, folks, I did not see him surviving everything that happened. I thought that the university was just going to find a way to fire him because there's obviously some tension there with between him and the university. But at the end of the day, I just think they didn't want to pay him the money, man. They were going to have to pay him like $18 million to get out. And I just don't think they wanted to do that because they didn't have any reason to fire him. And so in my opinion, I think it's fantastic that this guy keeps, or he gets the opportunity to A, keep his job, and B, to at least try to implement some of the things he's trying to do here at Auburn and try to make Auburn a better football program, a better football team, and a better place. And yes, there are some things that he needs to change. But at the same time, he made it. He put his foot in the ground, and he said, no, I'm not taking it from anybody. This is my program, and I'm going to run it how I want to run it. And we have not seen that here very much, folks. That is not something that happens at Auburn a whole lot. But he did it. He survived. Auburn still has a head coach in Brian Harson, And with that came quite a bit of coaching changes as well that all was going on at the same time 
And, of course, offensive coordinator Austin Davis left. Defensive coordinator Derek Mason left. A bunch of stuff was going on. But Auburn has now filled those gaps. They've filled those holes. And they now have a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator, a new wide receiver coach. They have filled every coaching position. And so now Eric Keesaw is your new offensive coordinator for Auburn football. He was promoted from within. And Jeff Schmetting is the new defensive coordinator. He was promoted from within. And I like both of those promotions. I like the hires. I think those two guys are going to be good for Auburn. Schmetting may or may not have already been calling the plays for defense the last couple of games of the season, like the bowl game or the Iron Bowl. And there was obviously a difference in the defensive strategy in those games, so I think he did have a big hand in that. And then Eric Keesaw, we don't know a ton about him. We don't really know a ton about what he's going to do offensively. I think Brian Harson is still going to have a heavy hand in running the offense, so he may almost end up being a secondary guy for the offense, but we're going to see. But I think we already started to see some of the changes in the offensive game plan last season when Brian Harson came in and was the new head coach. So those two moves are pretty exciting. Auburn announced today uh, Ike Hilliard is the new wide receivers coach, a guy that has been – he played at the highest level in college football. He was a star wide receiver at Florida. He was taken seventh overall in the NFL draft back in 97, 98, something like around there. And then he's coached in the – he played 10 years in the NFL, and then he's been a wide receiver coach in the NFL for a long time, folks. And he just got hired from Pittsburgh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers, to come down here and be Auburn's wide receiver coach. So that news came out today or yesterday, came out yesterday, excuse me, and I think that's a home run hire, folks. I think that is a huge, huge hire. It's a huge get for Brian Harson. This guy has worked with some of the biggest wide receivers in the game, Juju Smith-Schuster, Brandon Marshall back in the day, those types of guys where he has not only just worked with the good ones, he's taken – decent ones and made them great obviously they're good when they're in the pros but he took them to another level and made them pro bowlers in the NFL for Auburn football and so to wrap up football let me just say this I think all the coaches on this staff right now are good for Auburn and good for the football program and you know why because every single one of these guys is Brian Harson's guys these are all guys that Brian Harson wanted on his staff this wasn't him just trying to quickly fill a hole like he had to do last year just so he had a coaching staff for the season. No, these are guys that he wanted on his staff because they think just like he does, which is hard-nosed, hit you in the mouth, we're going to work and work hard, football. And I think all of these guys on this staff think the exact same way. You're going to come in here and you're going to work and you're going to earn it but we're going to turn this program around and we're going to start winning some football games and we're going to start competing in the SEC and then years down the road, start competing for national championships. Now, whether any of that happens, only time will tell. But I'm glad that Brian Harson at least has a chance and an opportunity to do what he said and that he wanted to do. And it may not work. It may fail. He may get fired after this season. But only time will tell. But I think this offensive and defensive coaching staff and the special teams, we had new guys hired there as well. I think everybody hired and promoted within 
on this football coaching staff, I like everybody. I really don't have a whole lot of complaints. Now they just got to get it done through spring and summer ball and get this team ready to go for fall practice and for game number one in September. So we're going to see. Only time will tell when it comes to Auburn football and whether everything that's going on is a good or a bad thing. We'll talk about some Auburn basketball real quick. We covered them in the first segment back at the start of the show. But, of course, they have a huge game on Saturday at Tennessee. It's a ranked matchup. Auburn going into the game number three in the country as of right now. Of course, they had the big win on Wednesday night against Ole Miss, but now they go into Knoxville as the number three team in the country. Tennessee, the number 17 team in the country, and has huge, huge, huge SEC standing implications because when you look at the Southeastern Conference standings, Auburn's number one, Kentucky's number two, Arkansas number three, and Tennessee number four. But Auburn's a game ahead of Kentucky, and then Arkansas and Tennessee are one game back of Kentucky, two games back of Auburn. So if Auburn drops his game on Saturday and Kentucky wins at Arkansas, watch out because that it's a tie game at that point, man. It's a tie in the standings for the SEC in men's college basketball. So big-time implications at Tennessee on Saturday. I'll give my pick for that game a little bit later. And what are the odds? The line is not out yet, but I'm just going to get my straight-up pick in the last segment of the night. And so Auburn women's basketball currently playing their last home game of the season over at Neville Arena on the other side of campus. They had a huge ranked win yet again this season on Sunday afternoon. They beat a top-20 Georgia team, their third ranked win of the season. So Auburn women's basketball, they've got a lot of conference losses, but they've been competing in almost every game they've played in, and it just seems like they're waiting for it to click and they're waiting for it to all come together. But slowly but surely, I think it's happening, and I think Coach Jay, Coach Johnny Harris, really is the answer for this basketball team at the coaching position because she's got these girls playing hard. They just brought in a top 25 at least recruiting class. I'm not 100% sure what the actual standing was, but she brought in a top a top 25 at least recruiting class, and she's got these girls playing hard and beating top-ranked teams. Of course, they beat number four Tennessee a few weeks ago, and so now they're currently playing over at Neville Arena in their final home game of the season. They think they have a couple more games after this, but this is senior night for Auburn women's basketball. That game started at 7 o'clock, and I'm going to try and see if I can get the score pulled up for you real quick. It is currently 38-15 to Ole Miss on top of Auburn right now. That's a 21-6 and Ole Miss team, folks. They're not ranked, but they should be. That's a really good team. And Auburn looks like they're struggling out of the gates. They were down 19-2 in the first quarter. So not really what you're looking for from the Tigers. But maybe they can bounce back and try to make it a ball game. And then, of course, the spring sports. You've got gymnastics going on. They're top. They're a top 10 team in the country. I think they're number six right now in the rankings. They'll have a meet going on tomorrow night. And then the spring sports, baseball and softball, they're off and running. Baseball had a 2-1 and series down in Texas. They beat a ranked Texas Tech team, and then softball's off to a hot start. They've only got the one loss against a, a, a very, very good top three UCLA team. But then they had a ranked win of themselves. They come home this weekend, both teams do. So make sure you get out to Plainsman Park to watch the baseball team and get out to Jane B. Moore Field and watch the softball team this weekend as well. 
Well, that was a look around Auburn Athletics. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show with a live score update from sports going on all around the country. And then everybody's favorite segment, What Are the Odds? You're listening to Moonlight Madness here on Wego 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Moonlight Madness here on Wego 91.1 FM. I'm your man, Jacob Goins. We are down to the final few minutes of the show here on Thursday night, February 24th. I appreciate you all tuning in and listening live or anybody listening on the podcast. I appreciate you as well. If you missed any of the show or want to go back and listen to anything I said, just search Moonlight Madness wherever you get your podcast. And again, make sure you join me and Noah Gardner every day, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Central Time over on ESPN 106.7 here in Auburn or on the website to listen to On The Line, our show over there on ESPN 106.7. I've been on that show for about a month now. Me and Noah have a great time. So make sure you go and listen to On the Line every day, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on ESPN 106.7. Well, now we're going to take a look at the live score update from around the country from all things sports happening tonight on Thursday night here in the U.S. Uh, College basketball, there's no top 25 games yet. A lot of games going off at 8 o'clock Central Time. There are, see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams in action tonight, ranked teams in action tonight. One game is featuring two ranked teams, number 22, Ohio State, at number 15, Illinois. That is at 8 p.m. Central Time on FS1. That's a big game, folks. Make sure you tune in to that. But we'll take a look at some NBA scores for you tonight. Currently going on in Detroit, Cavaliers visiting the Pistons. Cavs are on top, 80-76. to nearing the end of the third quarter. Celtics on top of the net, 67-52 at the half. Atlanta Hawks currently trail the Chicago Bulls, 36-27, halfway through the second quarter. The Memphis Grizzlies on top of the Minnesota Timberwolves, 42-34, halfway through the second quarter. And the Phoenix Suns all over the Oklahoma City Thunder, 43-28, halfway through the second quarter. Two more games to go off for you tonight. The Warriors at the Trail Blazers. That is at 9 o'clock Central Time on TNT. And the Denver Nuggets visiting the Sacramento Kings at 9 o'clock. Some NHL games going on for you tonight. Two games currently in action, or excuse me, there's more than that. There's five games currently in action. The Columbus Blue Jackets on top of the Florida Panthers 2-1 at the end of the second period. The Capitals visiting the Rangers. Rangers currently on top 2-0 at the end of the second period. New Jersey Devils exploding for five goals in two periods on top of the Penguins 5-1 at the end of the second period. The Minnesota Wild, Toronto Maple Leafs currently nodded at one at the end of two. And the Dallas Stars and the Nashville Predators just getting started there from Nationwide Arena, or excuse me, Bridgestone Arena. Nationwide's in Columbus. Bridgestone Arena in Nashville that is tied at zero a few minutes into the first period. Three more games to go off for you tonight. The Boston Bruins at the Seattle Kraken at 9 o'clock. The the Flames and the Canucks at 9 o'clock. And at 9.30, the New York Islanders visiting the San Jose Sharks. And, of course, Auburn women's basketball. I'll give you a score update on that just a few minutes ago. That game is at 39-15 to at the half. Auburn trailing big against Ole Miss right now over at Neville Arena. Well, that was your live score update from everything going on around the country. Let's jump into what are the odds. It's the final segment of the night. We have just a few more minutes with you tonight here on the program. So, Obviously, I did not have a show last week. I had some time conflictions, wasn't able to make it in here. But the week before that, I gave you three picks, including my Super Bowl pick. I had the Bengals plus four, and they covered. They lost by three, so I won. And so 
I won on that one. I was two and one on that show. Uh, in this segment on that show, I went two and one. So for the semester, of course, last semester I had my good record. I reset it for this semester. I'm currently twelve and six overall this semester. So two to one ratio, wins to losses. That's pretty good. For well, I mean, when you're you know when you're looking at odds and stuff, that's pretty good when you're picking games. I've got three picks for you tonight. Okay, I've got two of the college basketball games that are going off tonight. And then I've also got a straight-up pick for the Auburn and Tennessee game on Saturday. So make sure you stick around, and I'll give you my prediction. I'll give you my thoughts, and I'll give you my initial and my final pick on that game for Saturday. I was going to look and see if there's another NBA game tonight that I could give you, but I'm not super sure. I kind of like the Nuggets, minus 4.5 if I just had to pick one, but... I haven't read into that. There may be somebody injured, and that's why it's so low. So I'll stay away from it here tonight. But I've got three picks for you. So, of course, two games in college basketball tonight. The only ranked matchup of the evening, number 22, Ohio State, at number 15, Illinois. Look, this is a big-time game in the Big Ten, folks. They don't score a ton of points. These two teams will not score a lot. They have a lot of star power, and they really are – get set in the half-court offense, run some plays, and then try to get a basket. Not a whole lot of transition in these two teams, but the current line is Illinois minus 7.5. I'm going to go the other way. I like Ohio State plus 7.5 here on the road at Illinois. Road games are tough to win. I get that. But I think Ohio State can hang around. I may end up regretting this pick. And, you know, if you know me personally, you know my stance on Ohio State. But I think that they can at least keep this thing close because Illinois at times have struggled to get up for games and compete at the highest level. So I like Ohio State to keep this thing relatively close. Give me the Buckeyes plus 7.5 on the road at Illinois. This is tonight, February 24th. So unless you're listening live or you hop on, well, yeah, pretty much if you ain't listening live, you're not going to get this pick, and that is okay because I'm going to give you a pick for Saturday as well. But I like the Ohio State Buckeyes plus 7.5 tonight at Illinois. And then also tonight, Gonzaga, the number one team in the country, playing, unfortunately, their hardest game in their entire conference schedule. They are at San Francisco. Yes, I said that right. Their hardest game in conference. They are at San Francisco, who is a 22-win team. So San Francisco's got a good record. They are 22-7. and And the last time these two teams played, about a week or so ago, at Gonzaga, the Zags only won by 12 points. And I know they still won by double digits, but Gonzaga should be beating these teams by 30 and 40. And oftentimes they do. And so the line tonight is minus 10.5 for Gonzaga on the road at San Francisco. I could see Gonzaga winning this game by a lot more than that. I like Gonzaga minus 10.5. They're just too good. They have a lot of talent. There's no doubt about it. They have a lot of talent. They play good basketball. They just don't play good teams, folks, and that's the problem. It'll hurt them again in this year in March. I will put my life on it, and if they go on and win the national title, I'll come on here and tell you I was wrong. I'll be the first one to admit it on here. I'll admit it on my other show on the line. I'll admit it on Twitter. I'll admit it everywhere that I was wrong, but until Gonzaga proves me wrong, I'm right as of right now because they don't play anybody, and tonight is no different. They play San Francisco, their hardest team in their conference, and the hardest game they play all year in conference is San Francisco. Come on now. That doesn't even sound right, right? 
But anyway, Gonzaga minus 10.5 on the road at San Francisco. I like it. I'm all over it. Give me the Zags to win by 11-plus tonight on the road at San Francisco. And then the big one. On Saturday, of course, the lines are not out for this game yet. They will not be out until probably tomorrow afternoon, evening, more than likely. But Auburn basketball going to Tennessee on Saturday. Look, it's a tough game. I'm not going to lie to you. Tennessee playing good ball. Okay, they're playing good. Auburn, I hope, is playing better. I hope the win on Wednesday night against Ole Miss will spark them and give them a little oomph to finish out the regular season, get into the conference tournament, and then get into the NCAA tournament on a roll, feeling good about themselves. I look for Auburn to have a big game on Saturday. I look for Auburn to go in there and flex their muscle, flex their talent and their offensive and defensive ability, and just blow Tennessee out of their home gym. Because one thing about this Auburn team, their defense will travel. They will play outstanding defense night in, night out, no matter where they are, what time of day it is, or what day of the week it is, they're going to play hard physical defense. It's just whether Auburn can shoot the basketball, whether they can run efficient offense, efficient half-court offense, whether the guards cannot turn the ball over, they can make plays, have a two-to-one assist ratio, assist-to-turnover ratio. That's the, that's the key thing for guards, in my opinion. So if Auburn can play a clean game, they have more talent than Tennessee by a long, long way. And Auburn has not truly put together a good road performance this year. They've played some good road games. At Alabama was one. But they've struggled on the road as of late. And so this is very easily a game that Auburn could go in and lose by 15 if they play the way they have been on the road. But if they start to play better like they did Wednesday night and they can continue to get on a roll, I see no problem with Auburn being able to go into Knoxville and pick up a win. So for my last pick of the night on what are the odds, Auburn's going to win this basketball game. They're, they should be favored. It may not be by much. The money line, they will be favored. It may not be by a ton. But I'm picking Auburn to win this basketball game. They're the better team. They have more talent. They have the better coach. And this team has already came out and said, we're not letting Bruce Pearl lose to Tennessee at Tennessee. We're not going to do it. So for my third pick of the night to wrap up, what are the odds? I like Auburn to win on Saturday. Take a money line. Be confident. Auburn's going to win this basketball game. And, of course, my other two picks for tonight, specifically Gonzaga minus 10.5 at San Francisco and Ohio State plus 7.5 at Illinois tonight. I like those three picks. I feel confident. Hopefully I can come back next week and tell you that I was 3-0. and But other than that, that is going to do it here on Moonlight Madness. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Of course, you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search Moonlight Madness wherever you get them. I appreciate everybody tuning in live. Or if you're listening to the podcast, shout out to you. I really do appreciate it. Have a happy Thursday. Have a happy weekend. I'll be heading to Knoxville. And I'm excited about it. Hopefully Auburn gets a big time win because they need it to roll into March. So I appreciate everybody tuning in. War Eagle. Thanks for listening to Moonlight Madness. Tune in next Thursday at 7 right here on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn. If you ever miss a show, just search Moonlight Madness on your podcast app of choice. Tune in next time for Moonlight Madness, Thursdays at 7 right here on Weagle 91.1 FM.